We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to West Five Pod, podcast about WVU football, the Big Twelve Conference, and off-season technical difficulties. I'm Joel Bracken, Matt WVU stats guy. Joined as always by Jordan Pinto. He's at Game Day Shorts. We're here in February, uh, and, and we're gonna do a little update on West Virginia football. How have you been doing? Uh, well, I mean, we still got NFL, but but no college ball for a couple weeks now. Jordan, how's the the winter been treating you? We've been hanging in there, man. We've been hanging in there. Uh, the little ones. Charleston actually got, we got probably eight inches of snow. Um, the one week where it kind of snowed everywhere uh, up and down the east, uh, eastern uh, seaboard there. Um, so got out, played in that with the kids for a couple of weeks. Um, showed my daughter, you know, you don't know this about the old man, but the old man can throw some snowballs, you know, ask around the neighborhood about me. Um, cannon. Cannon arm. A little bit of a game. So, I, you know, I had to. Had to clue her in on that a little bit. Um, and then dude, they just put a playground in, like, I mean, 100 yards from my house. Um, so I've been spending most of my non-working uh, hours there with the kids. So, you know, have been doing my share of off-season recycling. You know, you got to stay in shape. Um, but, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, some some technical difficulties. But, hey, that first uh, that first crack of, of 2024 podcast season felt pretty good right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how you been doing? I've been doing good, man. You know, surviving the uh, the Midwest winter. We unfortunately have not really gotten the snow accumulation. I mean, if it's going to be cold, I want snow. I like the cold, but also like, you know, winter. I, I want some snow. It gives a different it feel. Yeah, pay I, it off. I know in West Virginia, uh, back in my hometown, Fayetteville, they got like 13 inches at my parents' house. We've gotten like maybe four all year up here in Columbus. So yeah, hurting in that department. Um, but yeah, been been hanging in there. Um, going going skiing soon, so I'm super excited for that. And uh, yeah, ready to talk a little little off season ball. We got the uh, the 2024 schedule is in stone as much as the networks will allow it to be at this point. Um, you know, obviously, still like some flexibility. I think in some times, pretty much all the times. Um, but <clears throat> but we know what we got. And you know, yeah, I mean, I think I think the main main point of this pod is just going to be talking through the schedule, initial reactions. You know, what does the table look like as of February? Obviously, we have uh, until the last day of August until we're actually kicking the thing off. But um, teaser, I, I kind of like the way it looks. I think it's a pretty pretty nice setup for us. Um, so we're going to talk about the schedule. We're going to just you know, a couple of housekeeping, some recruiting, some returning production. Those numbers are are out um lots to change you know before before the season but we'll update those and then we'll do some questions so um so yeah i'll i'll pose you just the the uh the general question what do you think about the schedule um anything pop out to you or or any reactions like hot takes on the thing as a whole no i think uh you know i think you kind of kind of teased it there man it's you know so let's first it's not going to be an easy schedule um it's not going to be an easy schedule. You know, I think if you look at a lot of the way too early top 25 stuff, um, there are six teams uh, on our schedule who have been ranked in in somebody's somebody's poll. Um, very often I'm seeing four and five. I haven't seen all six um, in the same poll yet, but um, Kansas, Kansas State, Penn State, obviously, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Arizona um, 
all all in all in various uh, preseason uh, top tw- or well way too early top twenty fives. I don't even think we can count it preseason yet. Um, so you have to say it's tough, and you know five of those we get five of those in a row between Kansas and Arizona. Um, so a little bit of a gauntlet there, but I think you know in terms of where the bye weeks fall, um, what, you know seven home games. You got to love that. Um, there, there's a lot to like, man. There's a lot to like. Um, and I mean, shit, you know, if you get through that stretch, like I say, it could be, could be smooth sailing kind of coming down the, uh, the home stretch in October or in uh, November. So yeah. What are you, uh, what's your, what's your first take on it? Yeah. I mean, I think the conference is obviously uh, weird. We got new teams, you know, that we haven't seen before in conference play. Um, I'm still adjusting to honestly, you know, this is just the second year we're now seeing, you know, teams like Cincinnati, UCF. Yep. So that that's thrown in there. The travel situation is maybe not as skewed against us as it always has been. You know, we're not the only, only team traveling multiple time zones now um, week to week. But yeah, I mean, I think the two things I really liked about the schedule is is it's really broken. And I'm sure this is going to be the thing. It's kind of been broken into three little mini seasons. You have three months of play. Uh, we have four games in consecutive weeks, a bye week, four games by week four games so it's really like yep. cleanly broken up into this like three pods of games and you know your first pod is two two teams from pennsylvania that we uh, are familiar with penn state and Pitt. you get the kansas you know preseason or kansas uh, as the big 12 opener and you get albany which is you know hopefully a free win the middle pod i mean that's going to be you know when we look back on the season that's probably going to be the measuring stick the middle pod is pretty tough Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, Arizona. And then the back pod, I mean, like, yeah, if you come out of those first two um, in good shape and, and healthy and, you know, you you feel like where you, you want to be, the last pod is <laughs> some winnable games. And like you said, you get into November. If you can make it to November with a chance with this schedule, you know, yeah. you, you can you can run away with it there in November if, uh, if you're in the position. So I like that. Um, and then travel wise, I I think it's understated, but I do think there's definitely a thing of like the back to back weeks of traveling cross country. Um, we don't really have that. I mean, the, yep. we don't leave Eastern Time Zone. I mean, we don't go further than Pitt in the first month of the season. So you know, we stay within an hour radius of home. The second uh, grouping, the second portion of the schedule, you go, you start, you have a bye week, then you go to Oklahoma, Stillwater. Um, then two home games and then you go to Arizona, then you have a bye week again. So that, you know, that travel's not too bad. Then the third one, you start in Cincinnati, not a long one, Morgantown, Morgantown, you finish the season in Lubbock, Texas. I think, I think travel wise, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Love how it shakes out. I mean, you know, you have arguably your hardest trip, right? At Arizona. What is that? Uh, October 26th. But like you said, you're you're following that up with a bye week, and then you're going to Cincinnati, which is what two three hours down the road. Um, so you know, really should be able to throw all of our eggs into into that Arizona basket, knowing that we have, um, you know, probably a couple of off days headed our way before we even get started with the preparation for Cincinnati. So, um, yeah, man, I I think the thing you called out, you, you're not going to f- uh, further than an hour away from Morgantown um, until October. That's crazy. Uh, that, yeah, it's it, it's a really nice opportunity to put a marker down, um, and you know, kind of a statement of intent of of look, you know, last season was real. the The preseason hype for this season is real, right? If you you come out of that with, 
I mean, hopefully at least three, right? But God, I mean, you come out of that with four and, mm-hmm. uh, and we are really cooking with gas at that point. Um, and yeah, I mean, God, you know, I hate, I hate the, the season finale. You're traveling to Lubbock where weird shit it's not can f- happen. Yeah. It's not the best road trip. Um, I don't think tech is going to be all that spectacular this year. I mean, you know, I think you're, you're going to get into some of the returning production stuff. They're, they're still going to be a very, very hard out. Um, you know, it's a potential stumbling block, right? And that's the kind of thing where if the season has gone the way we want it to to that point, that's one where you, you have to go down there and stay focused, right? You can't let that night. be what, yeah, you can't let that be the thing that trips you up on the way to, to maybe to Dallas, right? So, um, but yeah, man, overall, like, you know, like I said, we, we're going to play a lot of good teams. We're going to play a lot of good teams, um, but it's not set up badly for us at all. Yeah, for for those who you know, so the new teams we have on the schedule um, is just Arizona, right? That's the only. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, UCF, those are are newish, but we've done it now uh, once. The only historic new te- Big Twelve programs, yeah, yeah, you know, UCF. The Big Twelve's always run through Central Florida, but um, the the only new team we're seeing in conference play this year is Arizona. And for for those uninformed on Arizona, they had a hell of a year. Um, they're probably going to be coming in around preseason top ten ish, top fifteen. Um, they got a quarterback who can can light it up. He's a classic Big Twelve quarterback in the, in the sense that he's going to fill the stat sheet up. Um, so that that's sort of your you know unknown team. Everybody else, and this is such an odd thing after all the you know changes in these conferences and stuff. Um, your schedule is ten of the same opponents you played last year. Your your two new ones are Arizona and University of Albany, the Great Danes. That's all you get. Penn State and Pitt again. Uh, which is awesome. Like that's, you know, not to be understated how fun the first month of the season could be just because of that. Um, But you got some familiarity. You got a team who won uh, last time I checked a lot of games and um, I'll just go ahead and tease the number ahead. West Virginia returning production as it sits in early February, third in offensive returning production coming into this season. So a lot of reasons to be optimistic. You got a lot of the same guys who beat a lot of these teams on the schedule. And, you know, it's right there. I couldn't be happier with how this set up. I mean, I feel like this is a pretty nice schedule for us. Yep. And hey, how many times do we hear old Neil Brown? As long as you called it out, the health, right? As long as six stays healthy, we, we got a chance to beat every single one of these teams. Yep. So, so do you want to maybe talk about, so like I said, there's kind of this natural sort of three pairings or three groupings of teams, three groupings yep. of games. So, so let's talk about the first pod. So your first, your first pod, it starts on August 31st, Saturday. I assume it's going to be a night game in Morgantown season opener against Penn state, probably going to be a top 10 or 15 team following week. You have Albany at home following week from that you travel up the road to Pitt. Um, and then you finish off this first four games at home against Kansas, who, who might be flirting with a, uh, they're probably going to be in a similar boat to us. They're probably going to be flirting with a, a ranking, you know, right there at the end of the ranking. So, um, so I mean, yeah, you look at that. I know you said three games. I think you get three of those four and I feel like you, you got to feel pretty good about yourself because I think you feel better than you, you feel like you're going to beat Pitt in Albany. I think. I think we're better than Pitt. It's a it's a rivalry game, but I'm I'm not even considering that as a pen, potential <laughs> loss at this point. I'm I, I refuse to even think about it like that. They were trash last year. Yeah, they were bad. Um, in they a bad conference. Not, bad in a bad conference. They have not made 
really any splashy signings. Um, at least none that have that have caught my eye at this point in the transfer portal. Obviously, that's the great equalizer yep. or the uh, the unknown variable with uh, this returning production, um, you know, metric th- that we're going to be talking through. But yeah, garbage, garbage. Um, Kansas, you know, I, I I've, I'm on record. I loved uh, Kotelnicki, their offensive coordinator. He's now at Penn State, so that's kind of a, a an interesting wrinkle, right? Of of you know, we've seen this guy before, but. Um, not with the talent that he's going to have at his disposal there. So that, that could be um, tricky, but Kansas lost some dudes. You know, I think like if you look at the returning production stuff, they're what in the, you know, middle of the road somewhere. Uh, uh, you know, I think they return about half of it on both sides of the ball. Um, yep. So they'll definitely lose some dudes. 78th overall, 63rd offense, 76th defense. There you go. Um and yeah, you know, I think a lot's going to be made of the of the Jalen Daniels piece, and and rightly so, he's an awesome player. Um, but quarterback was not their issue. Like Jason Bean was good. You know, I don't think that Jalen Daniels is is maybe a small upgrade over over Bean, um, but it's not going to be like some significant thing. Um, and I I absolutely love that we're opening the seat or the, opening the the Big Twelve slate with them at home. Just a very nice, uh, you know, kind of a a scripted chance to uh, to right some wrongs there, right? And definitely. Uh, after uh, after what happened two years ago, they kind of caught us off guard. They're not going to catch us off guard uh, this year. Um, I can promise you that. And the fact that we get the chance to do it at home um, is a very nice opportunity. Yeah, the Penn State man. I know we talked about it. Uh, biggest home opener, maybe in a while I mean, s- since Ohio State '98 is is the only one that I think is is comparable in my lifetime. Yeah, well, um, I think that's definitely something we, we will need to think about this summer in, in terms of what games are comparable to a top, potentially top 10 team opening the season in Morgantown. And it's a rival, and it's, right? And it's a rival, it's, it's yeah. Even it's, just like some team, it's it's Penn State. Um, I'm sat here on, on February 5th, and I, I have chills thinking about what that day is going to be like in Morgantown. It's going to be an absolute riot zone. I'm going to be electric somebody needs to put like one of those little like leashes on me just so that I don't like float off the planet. Um, cause I'm going to be absolutely buzzing that day. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I think yeah. there's plenty of, plenty of considerations there. I, I think the just general optimism of West Virginia football with it's like that optimism plus the chance to really like take two steps up that day, that game day is going to be, it's going to be something we haven't felt in, in, in unfortunately a few years. So I think, you know, I think, we, obviously, I don't think there are any lines out at this point. Uh, definitely not. Um, but just gut feel. I mean, I think we're going to be favored against Albany, Pitt, and Kansas. What do you think the line is going to be for Penn State? Oh, man. So Penn State is like, I, I would say if I was a Penn State fan, it's the weirdest form of purgatory. Like, I looked at their schedule last year. They And I'm throwing the bowl game out because... I don't, you know, bowl games or whatever at this point. They they lost the bowl game to Ole Miss. Um, otherwise, they did not. They had two losses on the season. It was to Michigan by nine points and Ohio State by eight points. And otherwise, they beat everybody by at least two scores. It's like the weirdest. Like we are really, really good, but we're just not good enough to, you know, be that next tier. Um, it's just an odd place to be for them. Um, but yeah, yeah I, horrible for them. Yeah, it really stinks for them. Um, I don't really know, you know, I haven't, I haven't done any kind of off season or looking of what they're getting back. I assume, uh, the quarterback Aller, he's going to be back, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's a stud. Um, but other, other than that, I really don't know a lot about their team. Um, I know they haven't played in Morgantown in a long time and 
Uh, I don't know how many, you know, um, where did they play away last year that maybe Ohio State was a similar atmosphere. Um, I don't think they played anywhere else hostile. Yes, last year. So, <laughs> I uh, so the I have the, the number in my head is like four and a half. Um, I think it's going to be less than a touchdown. I think it's going to be kind of surprising. Uh, I could see it opening low and then money moving it towards Penn State as the week goes along. But hey, the most important consideration. They had the best quarterback in the game last year. They ain't going to have the best quarterback on the field next year. I can guarantee you that. There's not not a chance in hell that I would trade Garrett Green for for Drew Aller. Um, we were far and away his best game of the season. Yep. And after that, he was, I mean, mediocre. I, you know, he was fine. I don't think he did a ton of bad stuff, but he certainly didn't do a ton of great stuff either. Um, so... Well, we saw how Neil Brown treated the losing to Pitt and then the next year playing them again. Yeah. And I think it was approached with a different attitude. Yeah. I think we approached the Penn State game this year. Um, I don't know if we approached it in a like we can win this game kind of attitude. And far we better do it. We better do it this year because I, you know, far too, far too respectful in hindsight for sure. Yeah. For sure. So and we'll see how that that changes and and obviously like a lot of history our offense basically the entire offense played against these guys like there is there is history now recent yep. history uh, and hopefully a chip on the shoulder. Yep, yep. So first pod we would feel good with three wins. I would I would if you could give me three I would just take it. Yeah, I would right take now. three. All right. Um. Let's see, move on to that second block. Yeah. So um, traveling to Stillwater. Um, Oklahoma State, they bring, like I said, they, they bring a lot back. Yep. Uh, Alan, Alan Bowman now in his, uh, doctorate, doctorate <laughs> program, college football season. The guy's been around for about a decade now. Um, you know, obviously like this is where returning production gets tricky, right? Cause in the returning production stats, they're going to get a big boost because your quarterback is back. All the passing yards, the touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. But like bringing back Alan Bowman isn't the same thing as bringing back Ollie Gordon, right? Like Ollie Gordon, that's that's big like a plus plus production i mean you know what i think about fp ab out there <laughs> um like is that even a good thing that he's back or like you know i i from from my perspective admittedly biased where i just i think the guy's just an absolute wiener um like he was the biggest thing holding their offense back right like if you have a running back like ollie gordon it's like you know it'd be great is if we had a quarterback who could throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field to back defenses off of us and so he can't do it i was gonna say he 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 he, he puts a ceiling now he's probably not gonna be worse but he's a ceiling position player there like yeah you know. sure he raises the floor but he lowers the ceiling of their offense i think mm-hmm. um but what would you say? They're, they're third or fourth overall in returning production. They bring a ton back on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they're so. fourth, fourth overall. They're 15th in offense, 14th in defense. So just a pretty good split. Most guys coming back. I think most of the most of the polls I looked at had them between 15 and 25. But I actually did see one. Um, Stuart Mandel did like a 2.0 too early kind of a thing where like sent like after Saban, after the Washington shakeup, um, basically after Saban, right? Because all the dominoes fell after that one. Um, and he had him 10th. He had Oklahoma State 10th, which feels ambitious. But like by the end of the year, I mean, you know, again, with everybody they bring back, they're going to have an identity. It's not going to take them, uh, you know, a month to figure out who they are this year. Um, it's going to yeah. be a hard game. It's going to be a hard game. That's going to be a tough one. But you do have two weeks to prepare coming off a of bye week. Yep. 
that's that's really getting into it for the traveling. That's the first time we'll you know really be leaving the probably n- not taking a bus to the game or or being at home. Yeah. Um, so then you follow that up with two home games. You have Iowa State and then Kansas State, and then your last of that little pod is traveling to Arizona. Um, yeah, so you know it's nice to nice to come home there. Iowa State. Iowa State is actually uh, second in returning production. So that that is going to be some experienced games back-to-back. Uh, they're second in offense, fifth in defense. So, yep. And that was a team that, you know, I think surprised people and is probably going to be building up um, and, and probably, yep. you know, has slightly higher expectations this year. So they're looking at us and saying, oh, that, you know, that's a game that's going to be tough, but maybe we can go win that one in Morgantown. Um, yeah. Not going to be an easy one. Then you get Kansas State. I mean, just a team, a program that is always, always, always pretty good, always pretty solid, and uh, yeah. I, also, they're going to probably be you know preseason floating in the ranked territory. Um, I've seen them in some low twenties as well. Yep. And then Arizona, you travel all the way to Tucson. I don't know if Tucson is is, is West Coast time zone, um, but that's a long trip. That's you know. That's a haul for us, and uh, Arizona's really good. I mean, like I said, they had incredibly electric offense last year, playing in a really tough conference, and they won, I want to say, like nine or ten games in the pack last year, which was a really respectable conference. So at, yep. this, this is the tough part of the schedule. I mean, this is, this is, this is where we're going to learn you know, what this team is made of. For sure. I think you know, you're looking at this. I think we will we'll probably be uh, dogs. In both of the road games. Uh, and again, this is at the start of the year before we've watched any of the teams play any games. So obviously it's going to change. But I, I, I think we'll be dogs in both of the road games. I think we'll be favored at home. Um, you know, Iowa State brings a lot back. But what did they win? They won six or seven this year? Yeah, they were they were similar to us where they caught the easier schedule in the conference. Yeah. But they, you know, they paid it off. They, um, they won a lot of games. I'll check their actual count. And then, uh, you know, Kansas State, like you said, always, always, um, they, they just are what they are. They bring a ton back on D. They lose Will Howard, but Avery Johnson, I think, is, is they're, they're not going to miss a beat at quarterback. He, he looked really good in the bowl game. I think he's their highest rated quarterback recruit ever. Um, so I think he probably is the legit, you know, he's, he's the real deal, um, especially give him an offseason to, uh, you know, to kind of beat the dude in the, in the quarterback room. Um, it's going to be a tough out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona, obviously, they lose their coach. What, what was their returning production stuff? Because I know they kept a lot of guys, but they also lost a couple really, really good players. Um, Arizona is 43rd, as it sits right now, 38th in offense, 57th in defense. So a little okay. above middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah. I know they they yeah they lost a couple. I want to say they lost a couple of really good cornerbacks. Um, and I think the running back left. Or did the running back stay? The quarterback stayed, which is the big piece. Yep. Um, Fafita, who, like you said, dual threat guy, and they didn't be start. In the play, they didn't start the season with him, so that he he didn't even really get the starter role till like three games into the season, I think. And then they decided they were good once he started playing. So it's uh, weird how that works, huh? One of one of those guys. Yeah. So yep. so what what do you want out of this middle pod? How many you know? What is a do you you're, want? Well, you're disappointed if you don't split, right? If you yeah. if you win fewer than two, you're you're pissed off. If you win two, like if we lose the two road games, win the two home games, you're not over the moon. But I think that that's like, 
you wouldn't be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you, I mean, if you win three, if you win three of the four, I think you're, you're buzzing heading into uh, November. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you can't, you know, so it depends on what the aspirations are for this season. If, if it's competing for the conference championship, um, if you win two here, you got to win the last four and, the, and you got to win out. I think the final yeah. pod, if yeah. you win three, you're, you're, you are stepping into November with, with quite the setup um and and quite the you know it is very in front of you there if you come out of there with three wins um, yeah you're what six you're if we win the three in the first pod yeah you're you're six and two um you're looking at five and three six and two but i think the final pod is um hopefully where you're making your hay and and three or four wins the final pod opens in cincinnati i, I think i'll definitely be at that game um then Baylor at home, UCF at home, uh, UCF sneaky wrinkle here, Central Florida traveling to Morgantown late November. I don't think they're going to want to be there. Um, and then finish the finish the season out at Texas Tech. I mean, those are all winnable. You could win all four of those. I think we'll be favored in all four. I mean, I mean, you know, Baylor's always one of those teams <laughs> that you could see being like seven and two going into that game or something. Cause they're, they just do that for some reason. But um, yeah, I mean, I like, I think the two harder teams probably are at home for us. I mean, Baylor and UCF Cincinnati, I'm not, you know, overly stressed about at, at this moment in time. Uh, you got to play somebody in the conference. I, I would take them and uh, you know, Texas tech, <laughs> well we, we said it, you know, not not ideal to go to a weird place for a final game of the season, senior night, all that stuff. But all in all, I mean, I, I like the I like the way the season ends up. If you are healthy, it is going to be right in front of you. So, what do we think? Um, I don't think any uh, any of like the win loss over unders are out yet. But what are you uh, looking at the schedule? What do you think the number is going to be? That's a good question. Um, Jordan, how many games did we win last season? Do, do you happen to was it was it nine? Did we, did we win it was nine. nine? And what was the number last season? Do you happen to remember the number? Five and a half. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So three and a half over. <laughs> you could have teased the line up to up to to nine. That'd have been something, but <laughs> that would have been a play. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, I mean, you know, Vegas. I I do feel like they always. Even when it's a great team, you know, they're still only give them like two or three games over 500, something like that. I could see the number being seven and a half. I think seven and a half is a. I, yeah, I look at this schedule and I'm like. Eight wins, seven to eight wins feels like the median feels like the like, eh, kind of, you know. Yep. Sort of like everything balances out and we don't really get any great breaks and, you know whatever let me just tell you what if Fanduel puts out seven and a half wins as our number they are going to be receiving a mortgage payment <laughs> from your boy because we ain't winning we ain't winning less than eight against this against this fucking schedule um i yeah i so that's that's what i had in my head like that's what i'm hoping for is that it's seven and a half if it's eight and a half they're still going to get a little bit of money from me <laughs> um but it won't be quite probably just like half a mortgage payment you know yeah um but yeah, man, I'm praying for seven and a half. I'm praying for seven and a half. Seven and a half would be quite the shine of respect uh, after last year. Mm-hmm. Five and a half of just, you know. I mean, you know, I think it's realistic that West Virginia finished ranked 
this season. Uh, first mm-hmm. time in the Neil Brown era. First time. Say that this, one more time. So pretty, just one more time. Pretty for sure, me? and first time in this pod's history that West Virginia has uh, been been ranked in football. Currently ranked. Many many are talking about a ranked West Virginia football team at this time. Um, and yeah, we'll probably enter the season in that like classic West Virginia like twenty fourth. You know. Yeah, like that, yep. that, that kind of that kind of vibe. So, yeah, I think eight and a half or sorry, seven and a half. Sure. Eight and a half. Why not? The, you know, I think you're going to see somewhere between six and a half, eight and a half. Seven and a half is what I would probably put the number down as. Um, and yeah, tease it up to eight and a half and pound the over is, is what I'm seeing. Yep. So probably do a little bit of both. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you talk me into it. Talk All right. me into it. Yeah. No, dude, it's it, man. It's um. It's going to be a tall task, but there there's ten wins out there for us if this goes right. There's I ten think. wins, so. and also just uh, we didn't mention it. Make sure you're you're free on Saturday, December seventh. That's the Big Twelve Championship. We don't know who we're playing yet, um, but that's when it will be in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, just just go ahead and put the Google alert on the flights and mm-hmm. the uh, and the hotels and stuff down there, and uh, you know if you see a deal, snag it. You can always get the refund, right? So hey, yep, yep, yep. Love it. All right. So that is the schedule 2024. I think like zero of the game times are announced. Um, I think the Cincinnati game. Do you know if that's a Thursday night game or if that's like a because I'm looking at so I'm looking at fbschedules.com and that is the only one that is it's labeled as Saturday, but then it says or November 7th or November 8th, which is would be a Thursday or a Friday night. Yeah, no, I think it's it's seventh or eighth. Yeah, so it'll be a Thursday or Friday night. Uh game down okay. there so that's just the week of that i'm seeing here so, okay so that'll be a, a thursday or friday night game everything else i think is supposed to be saturday games um yeah there's there's talk that penn state might get flexed to that thursday because i think there's two other two other big games uh on the 31st i can't recall what they are um but there's you know there's talk that it might get flexed i don't i don't think it will um i think they're going to keep it on saturday okay. so um, but we'll see. All right, cool. So, um, I'll, I'll hit this returning production. I mean, I kind of, we kind of peppered it in there, but I uh, just wanted to mention, so they do have the returning production numbers, Bill Connolly, uh, that guy, Th- this is literally came out today. This is February 5th or recording. Um, this came out this morning, but just for this portion of the cycle, um, as things sit S and P plus, um, he uses a returning production thing, which, um, I won't get too into it, but it is an interesting formula where he really tries to account for like how much does a lineman leaving really affect the production of an offense. So there's kind of like a each lineman is a you know is responsible for X percentage of rushing yards and passing yards and you know all that stuff. So it's you know it is just one metric that sort of tries to tell you uh, what pieces are coming back. West Virginia currently is sitting at 24th. We are third in offense. We are 95th in defense. Uh, so lo- losing some defensive pieces, um, Beanie Bishop probably being the largest of those. Um, just some notables. Number one returning production is Virginia Tech uh, in the in the country. Iowa State is number two. Oklahoma State is number four. Um, and rounding now, Colorado we don't see this year. They're fifteenth. Utah is sixteenth. TCU twenty first. Penn State is twenty third, and we are twenty fourth. Um, so that is, uh, that is how the production is, is shaping up. So kind of a lot of big 12 teams push towards the top, um, looking all the way at the bottom of the list, 
not really a lot of Big 12 teams. Alabama is a sneaky, interesting one. They're 115th out of 134th. Uh, also, Washington is 130th. They are the classic uh, get there, get gutted. Like basically what happened to TCU the, the previous year. Uh, so, so maybe don't expect a, a bounce back there. Um, yeah, just red, red wedding scenes up in Seattle, dude. Jesus. Oh man, it stinks. Yeah. Tough. Uh, inter- I mean, Bama is going to be a very interesting storyline this year. Um, like I said, 115th in returning production and 126th on the defensive side of the ball. New coach. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, an absolute felt like you had a rock of an infrastructure there and it is just, it's a whole new deal. It's, it's, it we, it's going to be interesting if they they keep the throne or keep near the throne or like if they just slide right back into the mix of the SEC. It you know. It yeah yeah you know and they've lost they lost some I, I know what well, they kept Milrow but I, you know drove saving retirement. You you start losing guys like Caleb Downs though like right like first team all SEC as a true freshman dude leaves up up and leaves and goes to Ohio State like just some some stuff that we haven't seen happen to Bama for this whole century basically. Um, yeah. or at least, you know, uh, since, since Saban's been there, which feels like forever. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting one, man. I was, I was, you know, even before the Washington, uh, before that whole, that whole, uh, shakeup happened, I'm seeing them and a bunch of people's, you know, top tens and stuff. And I'm just, I could not wait to fade their under with everybody that they were losing. So I'm disappointed that that's probably not going to be a gambling opportunity for me at this point. Um, you know, you hate to profit on people underperforming, but <laughs> somebody's got to. But who am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. who am I to to deny myself the <laughs> few dollars that I would probably have put on that? But um, yeah, no, I, I kind of noticed the same thing you did. I don't think I looked at Bill C's, but yeah, I looked at um, Parker's uh, Stats Awards returning production, and and yeah, the Big Twelve. I mean, could be a. I mean, could be a very competitive conference this year. Lots of teams bringing lots of people back. Not many people. Uh, or not many teams feel like they were were kind of cratering or losing a ton. Um, so yeah, should be should be an interesting year in the Big Twelve this year. Yep. Um, so Jordan, do you have any exciting recruiting updates for us? Uh, I have we, one as we meander through now February. I have one hot off the press right before we hopped on the pod. Breaking news: um, Murphy, <laughs> not quite, but but almost. Um, yeah, Murphy Clement. If I was to say the name Murphy Clement to you and he just committed to us, how's that sound to you? Do you know who that is? Sounds like he needs a, a Tuddy Huddy nickname. <laughs> we love this podcast is extremely pro preferred walk-ons from Martinsburg. Let me just say that. Um, yeah, Hudson Clement's little brother, Murphy, uh, committed to us this evening. I'm assuming it's a preferred walk-on. I didn't see cause I didn't see like a, you know, a scholarship announcement or anything. Um, and I quickly scrambled to his huddle page and, and watched some highlights. And yeah, he's a little bit smaller than Hudson, but like they run exactly the same. Um, so I don't know how fast he is, but hey, hey, give the kid a shot. You know, let him return punts or something. I think he played, he played like quarterback. He's I think he's listed as an athlete. So he played some quarterback, um, played defensive back for them, played all over the field. Um, most of the highlights I saw were him just like taking the snap at quarterback and running for touchdowns, kind of like a, what Rodney Gallagher did. Um, so it will be interesting to see if he can follow in big brother's footsteps. I know I will be absolutely here for it if he does. Oh yeah. No, that's great news. I love, uh, love hearing that the, uh, familial connection, keeping mm-hmm. it in the family. That's right. It could be legacies, fun. baby. Yeah. 
Um, other than that, not a, not a whole lot of note, I don't think, at this point. Um, I know there were some concerns. Khalil Wilkins, the quarterback uh, from from Maryland, basically our, our quarterback in this year's class, I think there were some concerns about his grades, but the last that I saw, he was on campus um, for the start of the spring semester, so that's generally a good sign. You know, get him into that fifth quarter program, get him in, get him some of these resources, um, get him some tutors, get the young man's grades up. Um, I think we, we had a couple of, uh, we had some, some portal intrigue, right? We had a couple of guys commit, a couple of defensive backs, notably commit and then decommit within, within the week. So, um, something I guess we're going to have to get used to, but, but overall, you know, I think it's been a, you know, a, a pretty decent start to, uh, to 2024 here. No real concerns. Um, DJ Oliver left the program. I was kind of bummed about that. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Um, so, you know, the spin doctor that I am, I'm just going to take that to say the two freshman running backs that we, that we signed must be fucking awesome. Um, and they scared him away. Yeah. So that's, that's my head cannon. I'm sticking to it. Um, I think there was one other, I think an offensive lineman kind of left at the same time, but uh, yeah, it feels weird saying this, but I feel like Matt Moore has really bel- uh, built a deep, uh, strong room there. So, yeah, you know, seriously. not, not, not too concerned. Um, I don't think, I think it was Charlie, Charlie Katarichnich. I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'll come on the, uh, I'll come on the Eastern front. All right. Well, it's uh well, hopefully everybody, I, I don't know what coaches are doing this time of year, if they're out recruiting their, their heads off or if they, this is their actually like only time to chill. Um, cause it seems like it's, it's so crazy how chaotic it seems right there at the end of the season. You playing like, you're like probably preparing for a bowl game, you play a bowl game, and then you have to like manage incoming and outgoing players like all at once. It's like the season ends and, and Neil might be busier than ever in staff, just like managing, you know, a hundred dudes moving in and out and all around. So hopefully um, this is the downtime and, and hopefully there's some, some sneaky dudes coming in later in the season. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, we've seen a couple like dude, couple people leaving like, good head coaching jobs for like NFL coordinator positions. And I think it just speaks to like what a pain in the ass this has kind of become. Um, Being a hardball. <laughs> and you can't, yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah. You, and you, you can't blame them, right? Like you yeah. can't blame them. It just seems like a nightmare trying to keep everybody trying to go get guys, trying to recruit high school kids. Like it just, yeah, you said it seems like a mess. Yeah. If you could get the spot, I mean, hardball went from probably going to, to living rooms around the country and dealing with all that stuff to uh, now he just gets paid more. And he's not even like really responsible for personnel. Like, yeah, yeah. doesn't sound too bad of a trade off. So, yeah, I'd make um, that trade. Yeah. All right. Do we have any questions uh, from the uh, the peanut gallery? We sure do. Um, yeah, yeah. Q and A is always is always it's become my favorite part of this. I'm glad we started doing that. It seemed yeah. crazy that we hadn't done it before. <laughs> what were we even? What were we even th- just some fucking amateurs out there, really? <laughs> um, you know, you'd think we didn't do this for a living or something. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So some Q&A here. So first one from Slaw. Make a case on why WV will be worse than last year. I don't think that I'll do that. Joel, do you want to do that? Uh, it was make a case that will be worse. Yeah. Um, I think I will. No, I can't see it. No, I just did all the, all the simulations <laughs> and it actually nothing... Nothing really interesting came up there, so sorry, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, in the interest of answering, I think it's just it, we we miss on some of the secondary portal stuff, um, and then that becomes a gaping hole, dumpster fire. 
um, on the back end and it, it becomes a it becomes a problem and the offense is constantly trying to feel like we're keeping up and knock on wood injury if injuries don't happen how does this offense not get better it's the same people it's yeah all the same oh, people. yeah yeah the offense the offense is going to be smoking people this year um you know you're too garrett green like I mean, completed 50% of his passes last year, and we we still scored like 35 points a game. He had like 40 touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, no. I mean, I, I have a really hard time seeing us being worse. Um, the, the case is, yeah, our defense reverts to what it looked like the year prior, and we just can't score enough. But Yep. Um, also from Slaw here, who has the most approved in spring ball, and who do you expect to come out of spring ball the best, or who will likely leave? Um, my answer for kind of the both parts of that question is going to be the same. Um, I think Jacoby spells, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of a make a break year for him. The guy comes in as a super highly rated recruit, um, high level four star cornerback plays some as a true freshman, um, notably the pick six against Virginia tech. Right. Um, and then last year, I mean, you know, and of course Beanie Bishop steps in and, and is an all American. So it's hard to get on the field over him, but you know, there were games where it felt like, uh, spells was, you know, getting a series or two. Um, and so it's just like, you don't want, you wonder what happened with that dude. And, you know, to my point about the secondary from a second ago, you know, he has to, we need dudes like that to step up. Um, and it's like, you know, you've been in the program for two years now, you're highly rated. You clearly have the talent, just like screw your head on right and be a productive player for us. Um, and you know, if he doesn't, I can see him being a a candidate to, uh, to kind of jet after the spring, Trying to think, who else was the question? Who would be the most improved? Uh, who has the most to prove? Most to and prove. then, okay. and then, who do you expect to come out in great shape versus likely leaving? Um, so I think he he has a ton to prove. Um, I think we're going to feel really good about the linebackers after spring. I'm just going to go ahead and put a position group on it because um, you know I think obviously. Um, Cutter, Lathan, both look very good. They'll both be back. Cutter, Cutter, I don't know if he'll, or sorry, Lathan, I don't know if he'll play in the spring. I guess I don't know how his, his, uh, rehab is coming, but Trotter should be back. We got the dude from Ohio state who I think is the coming out of high school. If you look at his high school rating, he's the highest rated recruit on the team. Reed Carrico name just came back to me. Um, so you got those guys. Um, I think three of our best recruits in this year's class were, were linebackers. So, I think we could come out of the spring feeling really good about that group, um, which would make me feel much better about the defense as a whole if that actually comes to fruition. So I don't know. What do you uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the most to prove, I'm, I'm still thinking like receiver room. Uh, we still don't have, you know, wide receiver number one and just like somebody can still still go and take that spot. So I could see some some good competition there. Um yeah, I don't know. That's a that is a good question though. I, I feel like I need to refamiliarize myself with some of the uh, up and coming guys. This is one of those things too. Like as you know, I know he asked about spring ball. As we get into spring ball, um, hearing the uh, the Neil Brown pressers and stuff, hearing hearing the names that you don't hear on Saturdays, but you hear in pressers. That's sort of your your uh, your cue of this is the next wave type dude. So those are always fun to to tune into. And particularly in that regard, I, the two, the twenty four seven guys I think have a really good point about this. Don't don't listen to who they're asked about. Yeah, listen to when they talk about who they who they bring up. Yeah, so you know if you start hearing them talk about, yeah, jo- uh, Josiah Trotter is as good as we thought he was when they were you know asked about the offensive line or something like that. That's that's usually a good a good indicator. 
um, from Night 676. What record do you think Neil needs to keep his job? We're not going to fire him if he wins eight. I think if you if you slip to seven and five um, and nothing like Garrett Green doesn't get hurt like two games into the season, um, I think you have a hard conversation at seven. I think winning record, you're, you're, he's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't think we're firing him at seven and five. I, I would be pretty surprised um, unless yeah. we look that bad. Um, <clears throat> but that's like an optics thing. It's like, yeah, if you have injuries and you know things don't go your way, it happens. But I think anything over six wins and he's coming back. Probably coming back. Yep. All right. From Cincy Ear, who's going to be our leading receiver next year? Um, Rodney Gallagher. That would be wild. That would be wild. I, I would be here for that. I did. So when I thought the question was who was going to improve the most, I wanted to mention that Rodney Gallagher, like game over game, I felt like was improving in like real time. And yeah. sort of reminded me of like Caden Prather, where it was like every week this dude's getting better. And then you give him a off season again and he comes back and is like immediately that guy. Yeah, dude, he didn't he didn't get on campus until the summer last year. Right. And so the knock on him was always like, is he big enough and physical enough to handle the Big 12? Yeah. Right. Like if he if he if he's playing at 180 or 185 this year after playing at like 160, 170 last year, could be a big uh, could be a big jump. Um, you know, I, H- Hudson Clement just made big play after big play after big play. Seems like he has an understanding with green. Um, he's a guy who you can throw the ball to in a bunch of different situations. Right. Like we threw him screen passes. We throw it to him underneath. We throw it to him deep. Right. So potentially a lot of targets heading his way this year. Um, Jaden Bray is, is the one I'm really interested to see. Cause I, I've thought he was Oklahoma state's best receiver for the last two years. Um, and Hey, God bless him, you know, to the Bowman point earlier, guy wants to go down the field and catch the ball. Uh, and we're definitely going to give him that opportunity. He's a big physical fast guy. Um, so he, I'm sure he will have every opportunity to, uh, to claim a majority of the targets as well. But I, I, I would probably, if I had to, but honestly, I'd probably say Hudson Clement just because of the the you, you can give him the ball in so many different ways. And, and yeah, I mean, when was he not productive when we gave him the ball last year? Seriously. It seems crazy to say we didn't even know his fucking name at the beginning of the season. Um, what about Traylon Ray? How, how about, you know, I don't know if he's going to be best yeah. receiver, but he could be in a very productive mix of those guys. Yeah, we heard about him a lot in the offseason. We did. We did. He was another dude who just kind of walked on the campus in July and was like, is this guy our best receiver? Like two weeks into the program. He makes some um, big plays down the stretch of the season too. I mean, he did. He did. He really started scoring some touchdowns. Um, yeah. So off season with him. Um, and you know what? He's another guy who we, we kind of threw him the ball in a lot of different ways. Um, I don't think we ever threw him any of the screen passes, but he, he, you know, he got open deep, got open under underneath. Um, it's a nice. It's like the exact opposite problem of what we had last year. It was like, who the fuck are we going to throw the ball to? And now it's just like, I, I feel like that's the defense's problem now. Is like, which which one of these guys on a given week is is going to be the one who, who you know we we feature? And it seems like we have probably four or five guys who who are capable of leading us and receiving on you know a given week. Yeah, it's nice to have Calvin Johnson and attract all the attention, but it's a whole different problem to solve when. You just do have to beat. You have to guard everybody, and you have a quarterback good enough to find the one dude who beats his assignment. I mean, that's it's uh, not a fun fun thing for the defense. Yep. All right, another one from Night Six Seven Six. Who do you think will become our biggest in conference rival? I want it to be Oklahoma State. I just don't like them. I just don't like them either. I don't like them. And we're starting to get some of that. Uh, 
you know, it just takes time, right? Um, like I kind of, I, I fucking hate TCU just because I felt like they've beaten us so many times when we kind of shot ourselves in the foot and gave the game away. I'm starting to get there with Oklahoma State as well. Um, you know, you just think back like um, 2016, I think they walked into Mountaineer Field. They were one of our two losses that year. 2018, we had them down 14 points in the fourth quarter um, and and let it get away from us for a chance to go to the, the Big 12 title game. Um, last year, up 24-20 in the fourth quarter, and then we, we target our own punt returner. And, you know, eight minutes later, uh, they've scored like four touchdowns. And so, you know, it's we should not be lacking in motivation in that game. Yeah. Um, because, you know, again, I, I thought through three quarters, I, I had no mixed thoughts or mixed feelings about that. We were the better team on the field that day until, until that, you know, that dumb shit happened. Um, the, the correct answer here is Cincinnati and in like four years, uh, the big 12 runs through the Eastern time zone and it's us and Cincy duking it out. I mean, that's like the ideal setup. That'd be, um, that'd be great. I don't know if they're going to hold up their end of the deal. Yeah, I don't know so either. Um, we going we gonna. If we're just adding a list of teams we don't like in conference, I'm not a Baylor fan myself. Um, can't can't stand those guys. So yeah, fucking hate Baylor. They shouldn't <laughs> even have a football program. But shouldn't be a school to be honest. Um, I don't know. I mean, Oak, Oak State's not a bad one. I, I, it would be great if that was a rivalry game because they're generally good. And so if it's like a, if it's a game that means something every year, it, it probably means that we are also good. Yeah. Um, ditto for TCU, I would say. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like we always play Kansas, Kansas State's always a, a close game with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to start winning a couple more of those before that's a rivalry, though. Mm-hmm. I would, I would probably say Oak State or TCU um, would yeah. be the two teams that I care for the least. I think TCU would probably be the best rival consideration. I feel like it always gets chippy with them. Though I feel like a lot of fan bases think that their team's pretty dirty or chippy or, or whatever it might be. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. We, we might not be the only ones they do that way. Yeah, they got a target on their back. Um, okay, from Spidey616. Uh, let me go. I'm running out of real estate here. I need to scroll down. Uh, of our current coaching staff, who would be the biggest loss if they were to leave seem timely with the BC opening? Uh, I think probably Chad Scott. Yeah, that's what I would say. Probably Chad Scott. His room has been the most productive year over year. Uh, he's a good recruiter. Seems like the players love him. Yeah, his momentum has only been positive for a few years now. Yep. Okay, and... Oh, Rocky Mountaineer answered Knight's question. He said... Oklahoma State for competition, Cincy for proximity. So we're we're all in okay. agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yep. And that is, I think that's the last one. Cool. Not bad for a February episode, talking football. Um, hey, Hoops beat Kansas a couple weeks back. That was fun. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, this, man, this fucking, yeah, do we want to talk about basketball? What, what a, God. I don't know if I have season it from hell. I don't, I don't either. Yeah, I, I. You know what? I've stayed. I've I, kept it on. Kept it unemotionally. I, I have not gotten emotionally attached to the basketball team, and it served me very well. Yeah, served my blood pressure very well for these last couple months. So, I was probably. I mean, I was. I was big fan of both when I was in school. But like, I. I went to every basketball game. I was in the lower standing every time. I was, and I was there the four years of Javon Carter. He was my grade, and. um 
So I was all in on Press Virginia, and I was a diehard. And I mean, you know how Big 12 and just college basketball is in general. It's a lot of stupid variants, stupid ref calls. You know, it, the, the skill of play can be awkward on some nights. And like, <laughs> college basketball is awesome for those reasons. But also, man, like when you follow a team week to week, it really can suck. You're like, wow, we're the best team in the conference. And then like, some terrible team gets hot and beats you. And that's probably what Kansas is talking about. <laughs> we played them a couple weeks back. Um, but yeah, I've been very one-sided in my feelings for the team. And that one side was like, I was so happy for the kids who stuck it out and are going through this season, which may or may not be a ton of fun for them. Um, to be the number three team in the country, get the court rushing at home, you know, that's probably going to be the peak of the season. And I was just like really happy for everyone involved, the young coaches on our staff, uh, a lot of former players. That was like, that was a good moment. And I was, I was happy everybody got to like get that one in this year. Um, so, so all good vibes. Um, yeah. Needed at least one of those, you know? Yeah. Who we got in the Super Bowl? Oh boy. Um, San Francisco. Yeah. You know, I think so much at this point in the season, right, it comes down to who has a better quarterback, and I think that that's the very clear answer, but I just think San Francisco is so good everywhere else. Um, can, can I yeah, tell, I think, I'll yeah, tell you a secret here. So I'm a, I'm a Broncos fan. I can't stand the Chiefs. Uh, they've beaten the Broncos. Broncos beat them for the first time this year in like eight years or something, and they play them twice a season. So I, Mahomes had never lost to the Broncos until this year, which is, which is absurd. Um when the Chiefs were struggling back in mid-October, um, everyone was calling them done. And I was like, man, I've, unfortunately, I've seen this thing too many times. And I put yeah. some money down on the Chiefs. And I was like, you know, the NFL is going to make sure Taylor Swift's at the Super Bowl, all this stuff. I put some money down on the Chiefs when they were like 6-5 and five or something uh, to win the Super Bowl. So I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. Um, but unfortunately, they just kind of do this every year. So, so here they are. The Niners are the better team, I think, all, yes. all around. Uh, Agreed. Who was it said Brock Purdy's like the 10th best guy on his team? And that's probably true. Um, but the other nine dudes in front of him are like quite the difference makers. Whereas the Chiefs <laughs> have like, Chiefs have a great defense. And then they have like Kelsey Mahomes. Pacheco's pretty good. But like. I like Rice. I like Rasheed Rice. Yeah, he's been good. I mean, they have they have receivers they had to kick off the team essentially because they, they're like, no, we'd rather you just not show up. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, uh, they're probably kind of strained with Mahomes' salary cap but yeah i'll probably watch it yeah i'll probably watch it i'll tune in but <laughs> not rooting for uh partially uh my bank is bank accounts rooting for the chiefs but i i can't bring myself to do that yep yep niners yeah niners all yeah. right man anything else are we good that's all i got um yeah. Let's get out of here under an hour for the first time in podcast history also. <laughs> Let's do it for real. All right. So check us out on smokingmusket.com. Um, yeah, so we're, we're there. Get in the Discord. That's where all the uh, the good conversations are happening. You can submit your questions there. You can find us on Twitter. Um, and we have one for the pod, westbypod underscores. Let us know some off-season material you want to talk. Um, we had talked about maybe getting some, some um, contributors from other teams to talk about vibes. Who would you want to hear from? Is it Cincy? Is it Arizona? Is it, you know, Oklahoma State? Whoever it is, uh, what would the interest be? Pitt? I don't know. Um, Let us know any any other ideas you got. Um, Yeah, we'll definitely be 
putting a little bit of content content out throughout the off season, and then when we get towards the summer, um, I'm sure we'll get back into our normal preview kind of material. So anyway, thank you as always for listening, and uh, we will catch you at some undetermined moment in the future. All right, gang, take care. One, two.